welcome everyone to series two of What the Mind Sees, the Body Creates. Now in this series, we're going to go on a self-awareness, self-exploration expedition. Because when we know ourselves, we are more aware of what we are thinking and feeling and our actions, then we can make empowered, conscious choices to change. Now, you're not going to be left alone on this because I can show you some really easy, quick, in-the-moment mind state change techniques and also various ways of expanding your possibilities and raising your emotional vibe so that you it is easier really to attract and also then feel different in your body, which as we've been talking about, goes out into the world and is the magnet for more of what you choose to focus on, the things that you choose to feel. And when we get very clear what we would like our destiny to look like, what we'd like our, or we choose our future to be more like, then we are really creating a life on our own terms. So join us for this particular series and let's get started. Welcome back everyone and welcome to this particular episode of What the Mind Sees the Body Creates. Now if you have been enjoying this particular series and I certainly believe you might be simply because it's so interesting information. We're diving into our psychology, into our subconscious mind, how we actually create our beliefs and knowing that our beliefs dictate our choices the way we actually interact with the world, how we view the world, and more importantly, how we view ourselves. When we have insight into this information, we become a lot more empowered. Now, how does that particularly happen? In my mind, it's quite simple because when we have information, especially when it's insightful and it has meaning and emotion, then we can have a bit more choice around what we choose to feel. Now, I'm not saying it's a walk in the park or it's super simple to just flip the switch all the time because our emotions are literally a body change in chemistry and it's the nerves that are picking up the change in chemistry that's sending the signal to the brain that the brain then interprets the feeling in the context of the other sensory information. So just to help explain that a little bit more too. Now, we know that we have our five senses, yeah? So we have our sight, smell, taste, hearing, touch. Um, is that it? I think that's it. So basically all information coming in from our environment is going to the brain and it's going to the different parts of the brain as I explained in the previous series. And when the information comes together, going through the neural pathways or the super highways of the brain, the subconscious is also tricked. And it goes, oh, this information looks so similar, so, so similar to what happened when I was two or five or seven. This must mean this person's back in my life, in which case I now need to react or respond in the same I should have then. And as I guess you heard, a bit of tone, a bit of attitude just came through. And that is what it is like. Not always, of course, when there's a loving moment, you go, oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, this feels so good. I remember that. Oh, and then there's, we did this and then we did that. Oh, can't we just do that all again? And it is literally how, in a, in a gross or a meta form, that this is how the brain and the body of the subconscious works. 
It is an interrelationship between all the different parts that make our reality as we interpret it. Now, and that's in itself is a big thing. Our reality is a perceptional interpretation of data coming into our brain via our nervous system. And then overlaying or underlaying, whichever way you want to look at it, we also have the energetic vibrational changes. And that's our gut feeling. That is our, you know, our aura or our vibe or literally the energetics of our body going, oh, I resonate with that person. Oh, that person, oh, it doesn't quite sit well. And again, when we have an appreciation or an insight how that energy system works, then again, we can make a more conscious choice. We can go, oh, it's just a, a, a mix, a mismatch of energies. I don't need to repel that person. That person is not intending harm. Maybe just having a bad day. Or we don't need to personalize it. It's not projected at us. It could simply be that they're feeling really great. We can enjoy their energy and their vibe as well. Not like a vampire, but just go, yeah, let's vibe up and really interact in a very different manner. And this is where we can manipulate in a good way, okay? We know manipulation has such a negative connotation in our society, but I think, in my interpretation, is that we can, if we are aware, if we become, by choice, conscious of what is going on in us, as in our body, our feelings, our emotions, our our history in particular, we can go, oh, I'm just being triggered by blah, 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 blah. And this makes a lot more sense. Okay, I don't need to react to myself. I don't need to bully myself or criticize. I can have a lot more sympathy, empathy, insight, um, you know, a lot more compassion as to why I screwed up that particular thing. Oh, that person just reminds me so much of my grandma and I don't need to gush all over her I can just appreciate being in her presence and and that's the beauty of it as I said when we become aware when we become conscious then we have in more empowered choices and again it's not always easy trust me I've been doing this for a while and sometimes I still get caught out and go oh really oh what a blow up that particular was or why am I feeling so depressed it's because I've been triggered but I haven't yet taken the time to interpret the information. And so it starts to snowball that little bit faster or bigger or wider like an avalanche. And it can at times override the realities. Um, but that's mine. You know, I come from a very interesting, challenging history. And if you don't know or you not haven't been watching from the beginning, I have come from a suicidal mindset. So coming from under the barrel of life or perceptional self-belief, coming literally from under the barrel, because I had three life attempts, to, to coming now and still being triggered at times, but thankfully to such a lighter degree. And, and that is a saving grace. It's not always easy to not react. Um, especially when my self-esteem is being challenged because I made an error and my critique voice comes out with a vengeance and talks very nastily, bullyingly to me. But again, I know it's just my history and I can say, you know what? No, not tonight, buddy. This isn't going to happen because it was a simple error. It was a mistake. Yeah, granted. Did I kill someone? No. Did I upset them grossly and they did attack me? No. 
Was I able to placate and correct the error? Yes. Great. Is everyone happy? Hmm, reasonably so. Could they put a complaint in? Yes, they may. But that's then their interpretation of the situation, their personalization. That has something to do with me, but I don't need to take on their perception onto my overlay. So how do we work through some of that? Now, this is the fun part. Well, for me, it's fun because I have an analytical mind. For some of you who may not, maybe you're a lot more into um, the playfulness or into um, not so much data or analytics or, you know, those who just are more chilled. You know, I'm a little bit jealous of you, to be honest, the chilled ones. But at the end of the day, it is of value to question and, and not in a judgmental way. It's just like with curiosity. I wonder if, I wonder what, oh, if we do this, what could it be like? And having a curious, playful mind, then the the judger or the jester gets to play the roles. And with that, we can certainly lighten the mood, but we can still collect really useful information. So today we're really going to consider, you know, some really important questions. There was lots of different authors who shared from their books, you know, ideas on how to actually become curious around our lives. So at the end of the day, this is our life, is it not? You know, and we are only responsible for ourselves. We, yes, interact with others. Yes, we care for each other. And we are responsible depending on the age of children or if we were a carer for another person. But we are responsible for the way we choose to see, interact and live our life. That is our responsibility. And it's also our responsibility how we interact with others what we say yes to and what we say no to, what we accept and what we take on, what we actually shift away from or filter through. These are our responsibilities. And to understand or to know or have insight into ourselves, then I think the only way really is, is to ask really important questions. It can be observational, but is that not still a question because you're sitting there observing and going oh I wonder what's going on here or how is this happening so questions really are foundational to gathering information and then even cross-checking or building upon a core thought to clarify to expand even to increase or to add weight to so that we can create more clarity more definition we can put in more details, we can pad out um, our desire and give it structure. We can use these the tools and questions to really define the way we would like to live our life. So let's have a explore of some of the questions that can be really, really useful. Now, the other behavior I'll add at this point is that if you tend to go down to the heavier side or the negative or the judgmental side be gentle with yourself at this point because we're not here doing this exercise to get super critical we're doing this exercise to um what can i say to really just explore and if we feel a judgmental thought or a hit on us coming forward then we can just say okay at this moment the critique judgmental mind I'm gonna ask you to step out the room for a bit because I choose to 
be playful and curious and learn about myself. I will invite you in later when we start to discern and actually pull apart some of these ideas. But at the moment, the judgment, the blame, the guilt, the shame, guys, just leave the room and yep, we will call you back in um, as required. Did you hear as required? It may not, they may not have actually come back in on this particular exercise. Okay, so the other big thing, another big point, key point here is the subconscious is the evidence provider. So the subconscious, as we spoke about in the first series, literally has all the data. Every single bit of data goes through the subconscious. Now the subconscious, as I've already explained, is like a filing system. So it, each file, each folder is a themed um, story of data information from the senses of that day. And when we asking questions, it is the subconscious that will respond. Yes, the analytical mind, our thinking mind will go, okay, well, this is the story, this is the sense of it, and the ego comes in and gives us its version too. But when we ask the questions, and you think about it, what does the color blue look like? Where's that thought come from? It actually comes from the subconscious, though it's automatic. Um, if I was to ask you, um, what was happening 25 years ago on the day of Wednesday at this time? Your subconscious is literally firing through just like it does on Google and going, okay, I'm going back 25 years. It's a Wednesday and it's now at 10 o'clock in the morning. What was happening 25 years ago? Now, I can just imagine we're going, oh, I can't remember, I can't remember. And I'm going to guess too, there's a bit of a bubble going around, like the, the Google search uh, <laughs> wheel, trying to find the evidence, the data that's been requested. Now, the answer may in fact come to you later at night or in another mindless state. And this is the other beauty. So we can ask questions and just be open and receptive to receiving the answer when the subconscious has found the data it has been requested. So the, the subconscious is the prover, the conscious mind is the, the thought provider, okay? So that's another way of thinking through it. So when we're asking questions, we're asking open-ended questions in regard to specific things, but don't look at why, why am I not? You know, don't look at the negative, but explore what could be and that's a really important point as well because when we go why am I not rich yet the subconscious is going to give you a beautiful long list of well you do this you do that you do that blah 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 and it will be a limiting beliefs and yes we can use them to our betterment we can actually use these negatives and beliefs well that's just a load of bs um, or some of you go okay well I can work on that I can actually improve my skills to understand why I believe that particular belief so we can use both sides, but again, it's the purpose of this is to just practice the questioning without judgment. So whatever information comes up, write it down and just go, oh, interesting. Thank you for that. And literally thank the thought because it takes courage, especially if in the past you haven't been listening to yourself and there's a, a natural pr protective mechanism. Um, that goes, oh, now you want to talk to me? It's just like that, that three-year-old kid, you know, oh, right, now you want to talk to me. You bashed me around, you know, you beat me up, you starved me to death, you don't give me any heart. I said, now you want to talk to me? And so with that consideration, 
um, you may like to just be gentle with yourself and really go, okay, I'm just going to be open and playful. I'm not going to expect too much at this moment. I'm just going to ask the questions and start to explore um, just very general stuff. If you're familiar with yourself and you're quite aware and you have really good rapport with yourself and your subconscious and your psyche and and you can actually just hear the answer with that judgment, then just rip with it. Because again, you're in a really good place to be um, disconnected, but in a healthy way. You're not going to be invested, emotionally invested in the answers. Okay, so here are the questions. Uh, okay, there's quite a few to go through. And of course, they're in the book because this whole series is based on my book. All right, so are you ready? Let's get going. The one big question, and remember we start with gratitude and thankfulness. So what am I most happy about in my life right now? It's a big one, isn't it? What am I most happy about? What turns me on? What lights me up? What brings a smile to my face? And why does it make me happy? What is the reason behind that? And how does it make me feel? Now, that that question what does it make me feel or how does it make me feel is really important because our feelings are literally the energetics of our experiences. Remember, emotions are the chemical change that changes the vibration that the nerves then detect. So our feeling is literally our vibration. So when we have insight around how we feel, then we can go, oh, do I actually like that feeling? Do I want more of that feeling? Do I want less of that feeling? So this is where, you know, really powerful questions can come in. I'll start again. What am I most happy about in my life right now? Why does it make me happy? And how does it make, make me feel? Next one. What am I most excited about in my life right now? And why does it make me excited? And how does it make me feel? This is the next one's a really useful one. What am I most grateful about in my life right now? Now, remember that gratefulness is a really high vibe emotion. And what we focus on expands, just like the magnifying glass blows up what is under the microscope. So when we're looking at happiness, excitement, and gratefulness, how do you think your body might start to feel if you ask just those three questions every single day? morning and night or during the day or especially when you're upset or things don't appear to be working really well because then we're asking our brain to come back you know what's good what makes me happy and excites me so the next three are in line with that and in the same sort of um, genre what am I enjoying most about my life right now and again we're reminding ourselves I, I enjoy this and what am I committed to in my life right now? And again, what and why and how questions follow these as well. Who do I love? So just, just sit with those six questions for a little bit and just really start to ponder. We're looking at happiness, excitement, gratitude, enjoyment, commitment and love. These are all high vibe emotions. These are ones that help bring us up keep us focused and give us a reason to carry on. They're really useful questions to ask when we're feeling flat or a little bit um, disorganized, a little bit down, 
or we are in a, in a state of depression. And, and so the subconscious is going to go, oh yeah, I'm excited about that, but I'm not excited about it right now. No, that's okay. What little thing can I do to reignite that part of the excitement? For instance, I, was, I wasn't I was flat this morning, but I thought, you know, I just feel like doing some gardening. So I did it. You know, 10 minutes, half an hour later, I was just like, yeah, that felt good. I got my hands dirty. I reconnected. I grounded. I did something that was important to me because my, my, you know, the tomato plants needed to get repotted. But it's the simple things. So what simple things could you do that just gives you that little bit of buzz? Is it just sitting outside, you know, with a cup of tea or coffee? Or is it watching the stars at night? Is it the moon? Is it the walk? Is it playing with your kids? You know, literally just playing and disconnecting from the chaos around you. Is it writing or journaling? Is it having those conversations with your friends and your loved ones? Could it be, um, you know, just lying in bed for half an hour in the middle of the day without the guilt and just regenerating um, that downtime and letting your nervous system just chill for a bit? These little acts, you know, is part of mindfulness, is sort of part of self-care. And in fact, on the website steps2change.com.au, you'll find there's a whole list of possible self-care activities that can help reconnect yourself. And all of them are pretty much free. So you can just go, okay, what can I do today to make me feel that little bit more refreshed, cared for, loved and nurtured and, and just reconnecting with myself? So there's a whole heap of other questions. How does it get better than this? Again, the subconscious loves that challenge question. It's like, all right, if you want better, let me give you better. Um, what vibration do I need to feel to enable this to happen? What limiting beliefs or actions do I need to let go of to create space for, you know, your list that you're writing down? What is it I want more of or I desire more of if you don't sit well with the word want? What is serving me right now to be the best person I can be? Now, some some of the answer for that one could be, you know, I'm committed. I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the inner work. I'm doing the actual work. I'm connecting with people. I'm being gentle. And again, no judgment. And if you're having a really bad day, yes, some of these questions may be really triggering. Just write them down without judgment. And you can go, oh, okay. And what would you tell your best friend? What would be the, the comforting words that you would tell your best friend if you're writing down and feeling crappy? And you go, oh, okay, well, if I tell that person it's okay, you're just having a bad day, or we can work on this, or change is possible, we can do this, then listen to that because you can be your own best friend. And yes, if you need a hug, maybe ask for a hug from someone that you trust. And if you can't do that, maybe you don't live close by or you, you're not feeling able to connect with another person, then again, maybe just grab yourself in a nice warm blanket or a sheet or something. You know, they're giving that, that hug feel to your nervous system because remember, it's the nervous system that is receiving the data. So when we hug ourselves, we wrap ourselves up in our comfort clothes even, then it's like going, oh, that's a relief. And so we can, in a sense, trick ourselves if we're open to doing that. Now, of course, in the book, there's a whole heap of other questions. And, and the next part of this is, okay, well, now I've got all this information. How can I use it? You can use it in so many different ways. Depending on the question that you've asked or depending on the answer you've got, 
you can use that to go, oh, I didn't even realize those thoughts were in me. Then you can go back and we can do the forgiveness exercise, for instance, which is episode two of this series, I believe. Or you can do some tapping and go to YouTube and, and um, search EFT or tapping. There's a whole heap of scripts and people who teach you how to diffuse the neural systems with tapping. And it's proven with um, you know MRIs and all the rest of brain scans that it does help to defuse the tension and also rewire the brain thought processes around a negative thought. So there's the forgiveness prayer. There is just positive, comforting self-talk. It is also about getting physical. So going for a walk, going exercise, you know, punch the beanbag, scream into a pillow if that's what the frustration or the amount of energy that is there. Talking to a trusted friend who is um not invested because what we do find sometimes invested people will attempt to steer us in a particular way that's your discernment point that you can choose maybe it's time to start seeing a counselor doing some of the activities online with steps to change which is the other reason why i'm doing these episodes but you can also start to go okay what do i want more of how can i actually include the little bits of this in my life more often do you want five minutes out? Where can I slot in half an hour maybe? Do I want to self-care? Great. How do you want to self-care? What sort of self-care do you need in this stage of the week, the day, um, even of the month? What can you schedule in and give yourself permission? Huge for some people, me included. Give yourself permission to do some of these changes. It can be just one or two things over you know, a couple of weeks. It doesn't have to be clean slate. You don't have to chuck everything out to make a difference. Maybe it is part of decluttering. Okay, so what are some activities that you don't actually enjoy? Are there people that you just don't want to connect with anymore or in a limited way? Do you want to reduce the number of Zoom calls? Oh, yes, please. Um, can you restructure, now that we are more open up, can you restructure some face-to-face? Or do you work out a different way? Or can you delegate? Can you delegate? And that can be a trigger, especially if you're a control person and go, well, that's my responsibility. Well, is everything our responsibility? Hmm, maybe not. So these are the sorts of things. What is it that you would desire to be different? And how would it feel if you created different scenarios? How could you feel if you um, were more relaxed or you were happy or you were connecting more with your family and your friends in a way that actually meant something to you and them. What could that actually look like? What could that be like? What would you be doing? What would you be wearing, hearing, saying, seeing, eating, drinking? What's happening around you? So even those sorts of questions can really start to clarify and define what it is you're working towards. Now, the next couple of um, episodes, we're going to get very specific. There's some very detailed scenario um, questions and activities that we're going to use a lot of these questions for. There will be a recap of some of the questions, but I'm going to constantly come back and refer to them because when we ask good questions and you hear them and hear them and hear them, the more exposed you are, the more you practice them, then the more familiar and automatic you'll start to become with them too. And that is the beauty. Repetition, the brain still likes, you know, unfortunately or fortunately. Um, lots of us still learn by repeated 
experiences. And there's a very practical reason for that. Coming back to the, how the subconscious works. Okay, so imagine you've got the old style filing cabinet. All right, you know, you've got the paper folders and you slip the papers into a folder with the label on the top. Or if you haven't, if you're young enough not to know that system, it's the same on the computer. When you're filing your documents into the computer folders, you literally build depth and, and weight when you're adding more of the same information. So the more positive we're packing into the folding systems or packing into the hard, um, the hard drive, literally it starts to overweigh some of the negative. So depending on where we sit, there's always positive and negative in all of us. There's yin and yang, there's black and white, there's all that sort of stuff and there's also the grey and the free-flowing middle sections of this. But if that's helpful visual, you can go, okay, so what do I want more of? What do I choose to create more of? Most of us will choose pleasure. So as we increase our pleasure, then we can let go some of the heavier, not so pleasurable experience memories. The easiest way to do that is literally hypnotherapy and it can we unassociate, detach, you know, declutter those old files that really do not serve us anymore to create positive. They've done their time. The strategies we created as children did their job perfectly. They kept us safe, safe. it kept us in the loop, it made us be able to survive and navigate our childhood experiences. But unfortunately, most of our childhood strategies really don't work as adults. Most of them will be perceived as dysfunctional or overprotective or limiting or at times confronting um, and restricting. So when we dismantle our childhood strategies of coping and interacting and we help them to literally grow up and to help make sense of that, go back to Erickson, Young's and the attachment style theories in the previous series. And with that, we can disentangle the emotional attachment in our memory folders in the subconscious. So we create space from those control negative limiting beliefs and we open up more space for the positive, enjoyable, enjoyable, um, pleasurable experiences from here on. And as I said, what we focus on expands. So if we're concentrating more on the positive, it can only get bigger. And the bigger the positivity, the happier we are. The happier we are, the more joyful we are. The more joyful, the more easy it is for positive things, positive opportunities to come to us and feel more connected and loving to ourselves. So that's the purpose of really quality questions is to get clear, to help define and describe and to have insight into what is in our psyche so we can make empowered conscious choices of change. Ta-da, that's it. That's, that's for today's episode. All right, so as usual, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do, you know, connect, join up, maybe the email list, go to the website stepstochange.com.au or if you want to know more about me, oh, here's my little spiel. Okay, Leah Marshall, um, hyphen mamula.com and let's just hang out. Let's just talk stuff. Let's, let's work out and explore some of your hiding stories that's in your psyche that you can start to change. All right, people, keep staying true to you because you're so, so worth it. And I will catch up with you in the next episode.
If any of today's recording touched you and you'd like more information or you'd like to reach out and work with Leah, you can do this at www.stepstochange.com.au. That's all letters. Or if you've been triggered, then please do reach out to your local mental health support line because you certainly are worth looking after you and staying safe.